Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 112. We are discussing the Genesis Invitational on the PGA Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And then with me we have Golf Betting System's European Tour expert, although there's no European Tour this week, Paul Williams. Morning, Paul. Morning, Steve. How are you feeling? Awful. Let's make it brief. <laughs> the dreaded man fly. Struggled all through yesterday, uh, stopped working about four o'clock, went downstairs, got under a duvet, felt even worse by about eight o'clock, and knocked myself out for 12 hours. Well, my wife did, she banged me over the head with something. And uh, well, here we are. But you've got, to keep, you've got to keep going, haven't you? Yeah. Especially, yeah. especially a big week like this. Oh, it is a huge week, isn't it? The it's like film we assembled this week. Not, not a week for feeling poorly, Steve. No. Uh, golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Please subscribe to the podcast and drive the popularity of the show. Subscriber numbers are going through the roof. Thank you very much. Naturally, we are available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Paul's available at Golf Betting. Let's get him to 10,000 followers. (laughs) And I'm at Bamford Golf. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I've just released the latest Genesis Invitational Golf Betting Show. Okay, please take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. And this... Uh, review is very nice. It's from Brad. L- Brad LFC five times, and he is in Great Britain. Uh, leading the way is the title. Five stars, very informative, and thorough detail provided in tournament previews. Whether following tips or coming to your own conclusion through course and golfer trends, golf betting systems certainly help with backing each week. However, can we please stop mentioning Ryan Palmer, the infamous Sunday choker? That's from Brad. It's true though, isn't he? Ryan Palmer. He is an he is a bit of a Sunday choker. He is, yeah. Thanks for that, Brad. I think he's is he made his way onto a certain list of yours, Steve, or he's still in the uh, still in the reckoning for future future backing and expenditure. I won't be backing him at six to one to win the Puerto Rico Open next week. Not no. that he'll be playing. No. No, I, actually, I actually started like yesterday for about 30 seconds looking at what you might want to be trending for the Puerto Rico Open. Mm. And when I saw the name Martin Trainer, I knew I was dead in the water. <laughs> <laughs> it's untrendable. Yes. I don't it'll, be, it'll be Johnson Wagner at 66 to 1 or Charles Svartzel, 16 to 1 favourite. I can barely I wait. I don't think he'd not even played the event before, had he? China before he won last year. Well, he was year. a rookie. Yeah. 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 Good luck plucking that one out. I yes. had a winner there once with a good old Chess and Hadley. He's won yeah, a PJ to a victory. I remember it very well, yeah. yeah but that seems, a, that seems a million years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I had a little piece of the action that week on the back of your, your thought processes myself, Steve, I must say. More of that next week, fingers crossed. 
So you'll be tipping up Dustin Johnson next week, will you? At um... yeah, at Mexico, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating one to try and uh, try and work through. I do enjoy these kind of events. It's one of those ones where you kind of look at the names and you think, well, there's a whole variety of different styles and types of player who can and do um, get themselves into the mix in this particular event. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going to spend some time at the back end of this week and uh, see if we can pluck a winner out. Which has been so far a little elusive for me this year. Sometimes in these smaller events, Paul, I don't know what you think about this, but Jeff Feinberg was mentioning it, and he's mentioned it a few times. Sometimes you just got to look at these small events and say, look at the field and say, is there anyone in this field who you just think is a different level above, has got a different mm. ceiling to the other players? Yep. And all I can think is, you know, uh, last year at um, Barracuda. Kotlin uh, Morikawa, I think he was only twelve or fourteen to one, but clearly he's he's in a different sphere to the rest and one. And then even last week, over in Australia, you had Minwoo Lee. And in yeah. that field, I don't I don't think you've got you had many in that field last week over in Australia, the Vic Open, that have got a bigger ceiling for their talent than Minwoo Lee. No, there's a there's a hell of a lot of potential there, and we could see that. I guess it, you you weigh up the. The potential from these players versus the fact that you know a, a lot of the short price players just don't get over the line, and you say the same thing yourself on these uh, lower key second tier PGA Tour events, where the pressure of being a favourite or one of the favourites, or kind of the expectation that you should be going well in this event, can kind of drag a player down. But um, he played really well. I mean, it, 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 fairly tough conditions as well last week for for me, well for all the players, but. Minwoo Lee showed a level of quality that the other players couldn't couldn't produce. Followed in his sister's footsteps by winning the Vic Open, didn't he? Very, very impressive. Ryan Fox, who I backed the week before, shot through the field as well. And again, we know with Fox, anything that's kind of remotely linksy seaside, he does he does go well. But again, he was another kind of twenty to one shot last week, and I'm not sure you're ever going to get rich by continuing to to chase these 20 to 1 winners but um mm. I don't know there's yeah it, it depends on the event and it, it some some events you can't can't avoid it and uh, you know we'll go into the genesis later because it's just about to fly in the face of what I've just said completely for for the players that uh, that I've backed and you've backed but uh, on a smaller event like the Vic Open I'd always Veer towards the longer prices. Just for reference, Martin Trainer was a hundred and twenty-five to one last year at the Puerto Rico. I don't really mm. understand how we're talking Puerto Rico Open mm. on a Genesis Invitational podcast. I'm sorry, listeners, but that's the way Paul and I roll. We go into <laughs> <laughs> cul-de-sacs um, quite readily. Um, yeah, Genesis Invitational this week. It's an absolute beast of a tournament. Just to give some background around it. Um, I'm not going to talk Pebble Beach because uh, I'm not feeling overly well as I keep moaning about. And um, I'd, I'd lie if I said I watched a lot of it because I didn't, because I can't stand the tournament. And once Kevin Nahr had gone from four under on Thursday to three over in eight holes, I completely lost my patience with the tournament. Mm. Just to put that into perspective, if he'd have stayed at four under in that round, that's a seven-shot swing. He ended up at six under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- He'd have been 13 under. Yeah. Nice, easy, each way power. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, what can you do? He's, he's got those in him, Kevin. Now. He, is, he is sneakily playing some great golf, though. 
It's got to be said, no. Um, yeah, yeah. And he's, I, he's I not... don't know where he. I don't know where he becomes live. It could be this week. I actually saw him being back quite heavily yesterday. Yeah, he was. Because yeah, yeah. he's a... he's had some good finishes here. Yeah, there was a lot of glue on him, wasn't it? But ultimately, I don't think he's got the sort of brute power to win here, but he's certainly got the the ability to place. Mm. And his approach game again last week was top five. Yep. Strokes gained. So he's playing some great stuff, Kevin, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know with him, as soon as that putter starts firing, he's he's very, very capable on the dance floor, isn't he? But how he shot two double bogeys and three bogeys in a seven-hole stretch... Um, that kind of just blew my wheels off, really. But then he sh- he showed some fortitude to, to not actually WD. So he, as I said, he's he's in a he's, he's in a he's he's in a reasonable space, Kevin. Now, yeah. Right, we're yeah, into I'm... another we're into another total cul-de-sac here. Right. Now the Genesis Invitational is the first time that we've actually seen this tournament. It's always previously been the Genesis Open. But now that Tiger Groups' live organisation has taken it over, the PGA Tour have said, well, actually, what we'll do, we'll give your tournament, Tiger, invitational status, which means it's a shorter field, 120 players, although I think there's been a couple of late with WD, so about 118, 119 this year, which is great if you're getting eight places. We've gone from 156 players last week at Pebble Beach to 118 this week, and you're still getting eight places each way with the likes of Betfair Sportsbook. Um, that that's really good value, um, and basically an invitational status means um, yeah a higher quality field. You've got to be higher up the FedEx Cup rankings to qualify or be able to get the invitation to qualify, and then you get a three year PGA Tour exemption for victory, which in reality, bearing in mind we're still probably what would it be seven months from the end of this season, you're basically guaranteeing PGA Tour golf for the next three and a half years. Yeah. And also, when I say PGA Tour Golf, I mean when you've got winner status, you can pick and choose your schedule completely. So it's worth a lot of money. The other thing I think that's worth mentioning, Paul, is it, this is Ryder Cup year. Um, I don't care what anyone says. It does play on players' minds. It does play on players' psyches. Qualification for Americans and Europeans is vital. It's a, such a huge thing. And you do get um, names and you do get players that have um, all of a sudden start finding form and um, they start competing at the top of leaderboards. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a motivational factor. And it's well, so, to, so far, well, so far we've seen Lee Westwood win in Abu Dhabi mm. and we've seen Graham McDowell win in Saudi. Um, so there's absolutely no reason why the likes of a Sergio Garcia won't come to the party in the coming weeks or a Henrik Stenson because they know, you know, when you've got Victor Perez so well ensconced in the in the qualification points already, these big names have got to start delivering. Yeah. It's fact, isn't it? Yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah. be depending on captain's picks and if there's too many old timers outside of the team, you know, there's going to be players that miss out. Yeah, yeah, no, this, these players have got to start to start trying to qualify by rights. And yeah, it's, it's going to be a fascinating few months and it's certainly a fascinating major season, isn't it? Where these players are jostling for position whilst trying to win these big events too. So yeah, it's got to be part of your, got to be part of your decision-making process, I think. The actual course itself, Riviera Country Club, 
Now, I said in um, we uh, the previews available in the description box, uh, my betting preview. Um, I said in the weather section that I thought it was going to play firm and fast this week. And I saw some um, content that Golf TV put up yesterday uh, with Tiger Woods, and they were on the range with some amateurs and whatever. And my lord, the turf looked dry. Mm. There was serious dust flying when shots were being hit. Yeah, you say it's not rained <coughs> for three weeks or so. Not significantly, no. no. So I think we're going to see... I don't know, it's difficult to say sitting here over here in the southeast of the UK, but um, whether it's 2015 James Hahn levels at six under par, or whether it's more 11, 12 under par like we saw two years ago when Bubba Watson won, again in very firm conditions, I'm not sure. But I don't think it's JB Holmes... Um, scoring 14 under this year which was played last year the first two rounds were in very very soft conditions yeah yeah I think you're going to have to have plenty of short game this week yeah it would make sense elite short game which if, put uh, which put me off the likes of Cameron Champ for example these greens are going to be if they're going to play that firm then they are going to be tough to hold aren't they they're not the, not the biggest anyway are they no I mean, they're not tiny, but they're not the biggest. And, uh, yeah, I think you're going to be missing quite a few greens in regulation this week and you're going to need to find ways to get yourself up and down. And it's a clever score. design, Paul. It's a very clever design. I mean, mm. if you look at it on paper, when we first started doing this three, uh, I don't know, 12 years ago, I used to look at it past 71, 7,300 yards. You think, oh, yeah, you know, anyone can contend around here. Mm. But actually, you go in depth in the course, there's plenty of 450-yard-plus par fours, which have very, very difficult fairway bunkering. And the fairway bunkers are at a point where the average to even longish hitters' landing areas are. And this is why this course is so advantageous to the Bombers. You've got Bombers that can clear these bunkers with a 300-yard-plus carry. Yeah. And if you're hitting it over the defence and you're then coming into these small, tricky and firm greens that in many circumstances are very well defended at the front of the green so you can't run the ball up for those that are stuck behind the fairway um, uh, the fairway bunkers or you know around there, they're tricky to hold. Yeah. And that's why Bombers do so well around here because it's that combination of on key holes being able to clear the fairway bunkering then going in with wedges. Yeah. And they've also got that huge apex height where they can get the balls to hold in the firmest of conditions. Well, this is it, yeah. If you, the closer you are, the, the shorter the club, the, yeah, the, as you say, the, the, the approach can be nice and high and get the ball to stop in these firm conditions. It's a, it's a strong combination, providing you can find a decent number of fairways from, from off the team. Very, very tough fairways to hit. They're very they thin. Are, yeah. They're very thin and they're very firm. Yeah, so statistically, again, I, it's one of those, isn't it? It's, the, the numbers are never great from sea to green, are they? You, the, the driving accuracy is generally low. The greens regulation is generally low. And that kind of lends itself to what you were saying about needing to, to prop up your score with a, a strong short game if you're not hitting a, you know, a disproportionate amount of greens in regulation compared to the rest of the field. The par 4 12th mm. is the fifth hardest yeah, hole yeah. on the whole PGA Tour. Mm. It's long, it's claustrophobic, it's a dead straight drive, 
And then the second shot is into a green that is just so well defended up front in terms of both bunkering, but also they've also got these kind of banks that are covered in rough before you actually get to the green. So you can't roll anything in. And that's what makes these this golf course so tricky. Mm. It's a beauty. It's a beauty. It's an absolute yeah, beauty. Yeah. Um, Holmes won last year at 14 under. Bubba at 12 under in 18. DJ at 17 under in 2017. You're seeing a pattern here. Uh, Bubba Watson 2016 at 15 under. So bomber, 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 bomber. James Hahn 2015 at 6 under. That was crazy, crazy fast that year. Mm. I think from memory, he beat... Hideki Matsuama and Paul... Oh, sorry, he beat Dustin Johnson and Paul Casey in a playoff that year at 200-1, to James Hahn. Yeah, yeah. So Johnson and Casey, they're not short either. James Mm. Hahn's kind of just above average in terms of distance. And then Bubba Watson in 2014 won at 15-under. Um, winning prices. We like to talk about the winning prices. 150 to one with Holmes last year. James Hahn was 200 to one in 2015. And then if I go um, through from 2014, Bubba was 33s. Uh, Bubba was 25s in 16. Nine to one for D- DJ in 17. Bubba was 50 to one in 2018. It averages out across the last six renewals at 77 to one, 88 to one across the last 10 years. So yeah, it's skewed a bit by the by the yeah. Harns and the, the Holmeses. Doesn't scream to me Rory McIlroy at the top of the betting. It has to be said. No, no, no. Well, one up, number one. Have you seen Is his um, schedule coming up? He's clearly said I'm not going to play any golf early on January, early Feb, and then it's all going to kick off big style. Right. Okay. He's playing like five of the next six or something. Is he? Get himself in the, in the proper frame of mind and game for Augusta by the looks of it. Then. Yeah, he's also signed up to the Valero Texas Open the week before the Masters this year. Is he? Okay. So he's back in the mindset of playing golf the, yeah, the yeah. week before. Which see I if that see. strategy works. Yeah, this is it. Positives and negatives. Mm. We won't get into the debate about uh, world number one because it is what it is, really. Um, yeah, that's that again is an, is another fascinating angle this week because you've got three players. Can you ever remember this? Three players this week that can walk away from the Genesis being world number one. Yeah, it's so tight at the top, isn't it? And, and uh, you know the, the fact that he's by default got himself back into that position shows you that it's uh, it's all on a knife edge at the moment. So, so yeah, yeah, John Rahm's within touching distance as well, isn't he? He is. I think if JT was to win this week, he'd, he'd become world number two as well. So then all of a sudden you've got a four-way kind of shout for world number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't forget there's a WGC next week where they're all, you know, pretty much all going to be in the, in attendance again. So in it Mexico, could be a lot, yeah. of fluctu- lot of fluctuation over the next fortnight. In all of our time covering the sport, I can't remember a more competitive world number one scenario. Or just no. a scenario where so many good players can, can win golf tournaments. Hmm. It's great stuff right now. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, key skill stats. What are we looking for here? I'll start with strokes gained. Uh, I've taken the last four winners, averaged out uh, their strokes gained performance over the tournament. Strokes gained off the tee, 18th. Strokes gained approach, 10th. Strokes gained around the green, 30th. Strokes get tee to green, 5th. Strokes gained putting, 9th. So effectively... Uh, a bit of distance. Your approach play's got to be spot on. 
uh, and you have got to have a decent warm putter on these on these poa and newer bent grass greens. You will hear a lot of content out there that say that these greens are poana. Uh, they're not. They're a mix of bent grass and poana. And that's a big, big difference. It really is because it brings more players into the mix. Players that are comfortable on bent grass and if there's a low percentage of poana in these greens, they'll, they'll putt just as well. Mm. So don't listen to the fact that these are pure poana greens. They are not. They're a mix. Um, we have a bent grass poana mix variable on <coughs> on our predictor model this week, which I'll go through the top ten of now, Paul. Um, predictor model available in the description box. You can use it completely free of charge. Um, one of the guys tweeted us his top ten last week from the predictor model and said, what do you think? So if any of you guys want to do that, don't hesitate. Um, Paul and I will get back to you what we think of your predictive models and your variables that you're using. So that's something you can look at doing. Uh, bookmaker of the week, I think, is Betfair Sportsbook. As I said at the top of the show, they're going eight places each way of 50 odds, which in a 118-man field is bri- is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Not only that, though, uh, at the top of the market, their best price, 15-2 to two on Rory, 10-1 to one on JT and Ram, 14-1 to one on DJ, 20-1 to one on Cantlay, 22 to 1 on Xander, 28 to 1 on Matsuama, and 35 to 1 on Jason Day. So you're getting eight places and you won't get a better price anywhere else. Yeah, yeah it's a very strong combination from those guys this week, it's got to be said. Uh, Betfair Sportsbook, if you open up an account via Golf Betting System, just click through on the link through to my betting preview available in the description box and you will find their current up to £100 or €100 Euros in free bets for new customers offer. Effectively, you can earn up to £100 or €100 Euros in free bets across the first 30 days of your account opening. Uh, key terms and conditions clearly available on the website. Right, top 10. 10 is Hideki, 28 to 1 with Betfair, 8 places each way. If I say additional each way places, they're all of 50 odds. Nine is Jason Day, 35 to 1 with Betfair, eight places each way. And eight is Xander, again, 22s with Betfair, eight each way. Right. Seven is defending champion JB Holmes. Any love for JB this week, Paul? There's There's been flickers, hasn't there? There's, yes, there's there's been a little bit of form. Um, He has, he's not defended before, has he? But he won the. uh, what was the FBR open, wasn't it? So the Phoenix, yeah. Um, within two years of each other, so he can go back to a course and do well again. But um, uh, yeah, I, it's, this is such a strong field. I think um, I think I'm looking elsewhere, but he'll have his takers at that price. Yeah, he will do. Seventy to one with Brett Fred, seven places each way. Six is John Rahm, ten to one with Betfair on the eights. Five is Justin Thomas again, ten to one with Betfair on the eight places. Four, Bubba Watson, 22 to 1 with Betway, 7 each way. Three is Phil Mickelson, the absolute course goat, 50 to 1 with Betfred, 7 places each way. I did have a very strong look at uh, Phil Mickelson this week. Mm. <coughs> a very strong look. Uh, I've tipped him up here before when he's got me an each way place. Two is Rory McElroy, 15 to 2 with Betfair, 8 each way. And number one is Dustin Johnson, 14 to 1 on Dustin Johnson. Can you remember a time? Mm. It's a long time. 
since I've well, heard the t- odds fourteen to one on Dustin Johnson. Fourteen to one, twenty-five to one Brooks Kepka. I mean, these you know, yeah. y- you can understand why we're getting these numbers on these players. And as you said, it's so massively competitive at the top of the market. It's um, you know, there's, there's, there's prices have got to be pushed out for some of these players that aren't quite at the top of their games. So yeah, fourteen to DJ, twenty-five to Kepka. Hmm. And see why it's going to be a very popular event to punt on this week. At 14 to 1 is available with Betfair again with the eight places. So yeah. DJ, Rory, and Phil Mickelson. The reason I didn't go for Phil is because even though he's playing so nicely at the moment, it's not because he's hitting greens. It's the old Phil of old, where he's um he's scrambling like Houdini and, and putting like Phil Mickelson only can, really. Yeah. Um you might find that gets him a place this week. He needs a place to get into Mexico next week, doesn't he? Because he's yeah, outside well, he's not, the world top fifty. He's not playing, and he's he's regardless of whether he gets in or not. He's oh, has he said got, no? Yeah, he's got. Uh, I think he said he was off with his kids, and um, he's shooting in another commercial next week. So, regardless of whether he makes it into the top fifty or not, he isn't playing in Mexico, which he won a couple of years ago, didn't he? So uh, clearly he's made a conscious decision to to skip that, as is his want. All of my um, main tips are in the sort of 20 to 1 area, 20 to 25 to 1. Yeah. If you were taking a view at the very top of the um, market, Paul, this week, with Rory at 15 to 2, JT at 10s with John Rahm, 14s on DJ, 18s available on Tiger Woods. I know the answer to the question before I ask it, but who would you go out of those? None of them. No, but if you had to. (laughs) If If I held a gun against your head. I would struggle to answer the question, Steve, because I've been blinking about who I'm backing on this tournament for for a couple of weeks now. Um, a couple of months, <laughs> don't months, a couple yeah. of weeks. And I guess when you kind of get into that mindset, then you've already made your mind up that, you know, for whatever spurious reason there is, that you're not going to back another player. But Rory's just become world number one. Is he going to rest on that? Probably not. Is he going to place quite possibly? Can I back him at that price? I don't no, no, think no. So. I suppose the question is, who do you think of that top five will finish in the highest position? We won't look at it from a betting perspective. So on that final leaderboard, will it be Rory, JT, Ram, DJ or Woods that's the highest in the terms of the leaderboard? I think you're going to find two or three of them in the top six or seven. Yeah. And I think Rory probably finishes third or fourth. I think yeah. JT probably finishes in a similar kind of position. Ram could easily finish. I suspect he's top ten, but I, I, he... He could probably finish anywhere in that kind of second through to tenth position. I'm not convinced on DJ. Um, Woods is um, is hosting this week, isn't he? Which will add an element to it. And as we know, it's the long is in Tiger Woods is um, on his CV. This is the course where he's had the most appearances and not won. Mm. It's not. It's not a Tiger Woods course, but it's in. It's in Los Angeles. It's Stan. You know, and all the history that Tiger's got with this area. And this is where is. This is where this invitation is going to be for years and years and yeah. years and years to come, mate. It's perfect spot for it, isn't it? 
Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so we're so effectively we're saying McElroy and Thomas, yeah. I, I think, yeah. I if, think so. if if I was, out of all of those, I suspect that McElroy would be the closest to the person yeah. who wins it this week. I'm with you. But that, yeah, I mean that's not particularly inspiring, since he's the bookie's favourite. But I, uh, yeah, that's that's where I think that's where I think is, he's at. But can you back him at a fifteen to two price point each way? I, I, no, all eggs in one basket if you're going to go that route and uh, be content with a slim payout on the each way. Should he uh, should he come in that top well five seven eight whatever you end up backing him to come placed in. Yes, it's it's so competitive. I think there's the scope to to make a case for a lot of players that are just below those those top five with an, an equally good chance. I think the year that DJ won here, he'd finished third at Pebble Beach, and I think he'd finished like second for strokes gained tee to green, and he was just absolutely flushing it. And I had to yeah. get involved at nine to one that year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't see that from him this year. I, I think it he, he hasn't connected yet. No, no, no. He's not exactly pounding the greens, is he? He's, no. uh, he's a little bit off in that respect. Not again. You know, you look at the stats for this, and you, you, you know, a good greens and regulation performance this week is going to be 70, 72. You're not going to get many above that kind of level, are you? So, um, you know, a player who's hitting that kind of level and maintains that kind of level this week. Um, Whichever way they ha- happen to get around the course and achieve that, then um, they're, they're, they're going to be they're going to be in the mix if they can uh, get their short game up to scratch. But yeah, I think DJ for him to be properly competitive, he needs to be showing a little bit more of his approaches than he is right now. For me, there were three in this mid range. One of them not being Brooks Kepka, who I don't think is up to speed at all. I'm trying to set my mind on Kepka where it starts clicking for him. Hmm. Um, he's a difficult one to judge. That's the trouble because his schedule's so all over the place. Does he actually play in? I can't even remember if he plays a lot in Florida. I don't, I'm not sure he does in usual circumstances. <coughs> anyway, there were three in this mid-price range that I could not walk away from. Uh, one that I think is going to win soon, tends to win at this price point, is Patrick Cantlay. Yep. Uh, he was twelve to one last week. I just took the twenty to one. Didn't even think about it. Um, he's a UCLA guy, so he went to uni in LA. He played this course a lot when he was there. Um, and it's the kind of course I think suits him. He's long enough off the tee. He's got a decent enough short game, and he's a grinder. He's the kind of player that can play par golf. And on so many of these holes, if you if you hit the middle of the green two-putt walk-off, it's a great, great, great outcome. Yeah. If you shoot, I reckon this week, if you could shoot straight 69s around here, you're not going to be a million miles away from the top 10, maybe even the top 7 or 8. Yeah. It's that kind of dip. It's, it's like a major championship. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's going to be, you know, like, almost like a like a Masters winning score, isn't it? You know, maybe an 8 or a 10 under something in that kind of bracket. So Cantlay for me at 20s, um, I know that you and I have been discussing this for weeks, probably months, that we were going to be back in Bubba at this one. Um, I've been on the Bubba train for a couple of weeks now, and there's no reason, there's no way I'm stepping off now. No. Uh, when he was priced up, uh, we saw we saw one company Unibet go at twenty eight to one, <laughs> and I said to you, they were the third, they were the third company up. I said, Paul, you will not get more than thirty than twenty eight to one. 
That's as good as it's and you, and you said to me, your reply was, well, don't worry, Steve, I've already backed him on the exchange at 30... 30 yeah, 30, I got a little bit of 32s, which um, I thought, you know, that's way too big for me. I got a bit of 28s on the exchange. So I'm on Bubba Big Star this week. Mm. Does it need explanation? No, not really. And the other one I went for was Tony uh, Tony T4 Finau. Because it... <coughs> Excuse me. I'm coughing. Um, if there's one player... When he does break his duck, um, and when he, he does get that victory, I think it's going to be a good, hard, strong tournament... Not a major uh, on a on a classical golf course that doesn't feature Bermuda grass greens and doesn't feature any water, and this just screams Tony Finau. This place, you've got to be long off the tee, not overly accurate. So that's Tony down to a tee, high high approaches, and an elite short game, which at the moment Tony Finau's got. And actually, I think he's in a quite a good space mentally. Yeah. So, I know I know what would happen. I would back Cantlay and Bubba, and lo and behold, Tony Finau wins. Yeah. Or I'd, or I'd back Tony and uh, Tony and what Bubba, and lo and behold, Patrick wins. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you've got to play these events the way that you see them like that. So, I think you've got to go hard and deep in the area and the players that you think are going to be the guys that win, and just yeah. stick with it. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's rocket science of no, saying no, no, oh, no. I'll have one at the top and then I'm going to fill my card with eighty to one to. 150 to one outsiders. There's, uh, it's a difficult one this week because, as I say, I think you're going to find two or three of the top guys are going to fill two or three of the the each way places. These they, they second tier, and you know it's marginal calling these guys second tier because they're all highly capable of winning this golf tournament. Again, they can make two or three of the places, and you you, you could be searching round for that kind of mm. final. Each way spot that's um, you know out of, out of another hundred and fifteen, hundred and ten players, and it's it's a tough one. I can see the logic with Tony, and I know I know you, you you've been uh, keen on him for this again this week, and you know, statistically and the, the style of his game, I, it's difficult to difficult to oppose your thought process. I must say, for me that that price point is all in Bubba, and I think I think his game, his form, his history, all points towards another big, big week this week. What did you say about him to me um, last week when we were out and about? You said that you were, you, you'd you noticed his performance on Sunday at TPC Scottsdale, that he seemed to have a bit of a, that bravado back, yeah, that confidence back, that twitchy did. confidence that he plays with. It's only the, it's only the par fives that he Butchered for during the course of the week at Phoenix. Otherwise, he'd have won that golf tournament. Yeah, um, and you know, I think he's going to be a big. And, and that, that drove me to backing him for the Masters. Um, it absolutely nailed on from backing me for me backing him this week. But yeah, I think you know he's the, the shot shape. We know how elaborate it is anyway. But he's uh, you know it, it, if anything, it was even more elaborate than it has been in the past. You know, some of the some of the shots he was playing were just incredible. But he was pulling most of them off. And um, I think with this course, and again, you mentioned it in your preview, a lot of it's about um, when you're missing fairways, you're more likely to be blocked out by trees um, yeah. than having, having a real problem from the rough. Yeah. So having that ability to conjure a shot shot up to to you know to play yourself out of trouble is is what it lends itself to, I think. 
And so, you know, we know he can move the ball massively both ways. He can dream up and play a, you know, a recovery shot of whatever description is required. And when he's feeling confident in his game, that he's going to be able to pull those shots off, then, um, then I think he can get himself into that position. I think the target score is perfect for him this week. I think that's where he's going to thrive in that kind of, you know... You know, semi-technical type of level of uh, of, of golf, and uh, this is a massive opportunity for him this week, in my view. Massive opportunity. He's going to be, you know, he's, he's popular already. He was backed in, as you said, up at twenty eight early doors. He's twenty two generally at the moment, and I suspect if he gets tipped by another couple of mainstream, you know, by some of the mainstream press or twenties, yeah, yeah, it's going to be twenties at best, I think. Uh, maybe a little bit of 22, but that's about right. I mean, you and I discussed back in the last week what price we thought he should be going off at, and we kind of plumped on this 2022 level, and, and that's exactly where he is. So um, I think he's a fair bet this week. I think he's a great bet this week, personally. Uh, the one that concerns me in this area is Xander at 22 to 1. Mm. I've been on him for so long, now I've stepped off him. Yeah. We know We know what happens. He's been driving the golf ball very, very nicely recently, which bodes well here. And is it something like um, he, he's had two very strong finishes here over the last... He's only played it twice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he was ninth here in firm conditions. I'll just read this leaderboard out to you. Bubba was first. Finau second with Kevin Nahr. Patrick Cantley and Scott Stallings top five. That was the last time this played firm in 2018. Mm-hmm. Xander was ninth, yeah, with the likes of Phil Mickelson and Cameron Smith. So you know, short game city, scrambling. Yeah, mm. yeah I, think it's, I think it's going to be very similar this year. Yeah, and we've we've seen enough from him on firm tracks. We've seen enough from him on classical tracks to know that he can can play this kind of uh, this kind of setup. Um, not so much on bent power greens. Um, you know, perhaps that will come over time, but. Um, if there was one hole to pick in his uh, performances, perhaps it is on this kind of putting surface. I know one of the stats that you were quite keen on this week was proximity from the rough. And um, actually, he's languishing very low down on that for the season today. And it wasn't great in the last season as well. So when I've looked at all of the different aspects and put it all together, it's kind of veered me away from him this week. But um, he's an elite player who can and will perform at this kind of event in the future, I think. Holmes, DJ, Bubba, even John Merrick, Bill Haas, who won here in 2012, they'd all played nicely around Torrey Pines. And as we know, I tipped Xander up for Torrey Pines. It's his home golf course. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. never done anything there. Yeah. So whether, yeah, he should he should understand the Kikuyu, should understand the Poana po- po- Green, so we'll see. Um, I've also gone for one at a kind of mid-price. I just thought the price was too big. I thought the price was wrong. 66 to 1 on Sergio Garcia. Mm-hmm. You never know what you're going to get with Sergio. I know that you've been following very closely. You actually backed him twice in the golf, didn't you? Golf swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, I think it's, it's typical Sergio, isn't it? Tee to yeah. green's game's strong, just can't putt at the moment. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not a million miles off, but I do like the, the kind of thought process you're going through with the um, with the uh, Ryder Cup coming up. I think he's going to be motivated over the course of this year. He seems in a good place, doesn't he? He seems in a good place personally. He's got another... Uh, another baby on the way during uh, that won't be long now actually another six eight weeks something like that right so uh, you know that's gonna be, that's gonna be the talk of the town particularly if it arrives on or around um, Augusta so uh, 
all of the nappy factor enthusiasts will be out in force for Sergio, I suspect. But yeah, his game is looking quite good. Um, it just needs to part. And then you know, we, can, we can see how he goes. But um, yeah, I, again, it's it, difficult to put you off at that kind of price because, you know, you, you could take 55, which is where he is now, 66, a little bit of that around yesterday. And uh, if you get a place out of him, then you you win. Well, this is it. It's like an it's it's almost like an insurance policy to cover the mm. week. Try and cover the week. Yeah. I mean, if you could get if you could get two in the top eight, even better, really. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just with it's just with Sergio. Three top six finishes here: 07, 12 and fifteen from his last eight appearances. Yeah. Hasn't played any PGA Tour golf. Um. I don't think that's a that's a definite negative. You don't see people just turning up from the European Tour and winning this. But you can, and he has done it in the past. First first American outing. After he showed some reasonable form in the golf, 2012 finished fourth. And it kind of smacks a Garcia course. And don't forget, I mean, again, when you're looking at Holmes, DJ, Watson, you know, it's, it does scream to you Augusta National in so many yeah. ways. I'll tell you the price that I found. Um, a pro, you know, we were talking about DJ. When was the last time you saw Justin Rose at 40 to 1? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's That's normally mad. A, he's normally a, a solid 14s, isn't he? Pretty much uh, week in, week out. So, again, it shows it you the, the state of his game, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it also tells you how strong this field is. But yes, it's... Uh, for him to be that far down, that suggests that um, his game's not in the best of best of shape right now. Was there anyone further out that I know it's going to be difficult to score with each way punts potentially? Yeah, well, I have back one other player, and uh, you mentioned him already. The uh, the course goat, which is Phil Mickelson, and um, I going back to that point about him qualifying for Mexico. Kind of in my thought process, well, he's going to need to go out and do that. And then clearly you said, well, I'm not playing regardless of whether I'm getting or not. So in a way, that kind of takes the pressure off him having yeah. to get into top 50. And he can just go out and uh, have a bit of fun. Yeah. I, I saw a lot to like, actually. I watched quite a lot of the Saudi international, and uh, he looked really good, I must say. His, uh, his game looks generally... He's, he's actually hitting far more fairways now with his... You know, He's, he's clearly trying to hit it. It, you know, not the stripes of the ball, but he's uh, he's actually finding a few fairways. Um, his short game looks really, really good. It's only his approach play, which is um, just not quite there. But uh, he finds that this week, and I think he could go really quite well. It's a funny old game golf bet, isn't it? Because mm. everyone caught you know, DJ, Riviera, oh, it's DJ's course, DJ's course. If you actually look at the statistics, 10 events, Phil Mickelson averages 69.25 around here, which is the best in the field. Tied yeah. with John Rahm, who's ever only played it once. So you yeah, can yeah. kind of that's, discount yeah, as you're saying, that's from, He that's from is, Phil, lefty is the course goat. Yeah. Yeah. Two wins, two runner up finishes here. So, yeah, um, yeah look, looking really good. Sixth um, the year before last as well, wasn't yeah. he? So in, that, in those firm conditions, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you combine that with the fact that he's um, that he's playing some nice stuff. Third in Saudi, third last week. And he could obviously he could have won last week, couldn't he, if uh, things had gone his way? He just ran into uh, to a player who managed to managed to hold his nerve when uh, when push came to shove. But um, yeah, you look at the final round, eleven of fourteen fairways he hit, which for Phil is exceptionally good. Um, he finds a few greens this week, and as I say, if he if he can find himself in that kind of sixty to seventy percent greens regulation, then his short game and his putting is absolutely oh, on, yeah. on, on form at the moment. So. 
So yeah, I, I I can't see any reason to oppose him at fifty to one. Thirty seventh last year, but then that was directly after winning at Pebble Beach. So you can yeah. give him that that rough proximity stat that you talked about. He was sixteenth last year for mm-hmm. the full season. So that you know that's kind of borderline, but even so, I think seeing him that elevated is is positive. I think it gets me. He's fifty to one here this week, and um, forty to one generally, and being backed in quite heavily for the Masters. So, do you see him as a better bet for the Masters in no. what's going to be, you know, clearly a major championship? The pressures involved in that, um, or this event this week, where he's already won twice in the past, he's run. He's a value punt twice. this week, isn't he? I'd, you'd if, much rather be involved. Well, I would this week than I would at Augusta. Yeah, yeah I, fifty to one. I, I couldn't couldn't not take it. I must say, it was um, it's there to be taken for me, and uh, we'll see how he fares. Um, I have a, I have one other pump, which is on the first round leader market, um, and that is Keegan Bradley at hundred to one. Um, go, again, going through your stats, and you've got quite an extensive section on the first round leader history. So, if any of you listeners are interested in first round leader betting, then we've got a full suite of stats and history and current first round leader form stats on the site. Yeah, and also Steve's listed going back to twenty ten all the first round leader winners. Um, here at Riviera so there's a wealth of information to to dig into and if you look into that then you'll see that there's been a fairly strong spread of both morning and afternoon starters in the first round leader market which um, gives me confidence enough to back a player early before I've seen the tee times and so regardless of where Keegan Bradley starts or where his tee time is um, I don't see that as being a hindrance to him this week. Forecast, there's no real wind either. There's kind of four, maybe eight miles an hour in the afternoon, accompanied by warmer temperatures. So I don't see a massive bias one way or the other. So as I say, I've got no real issue with backing a player before I've seen the tee time. What gets me with Bradley, he's one of those players who does pop up in the first round. His, his final round performances have tended to be awful. His first round leader before, or his first round performances full stop have been particularly strong three first round leader wins in his last 23 starts so that's a cracking stat for a player that you can get for one so that again one so that three three first round leader wins in his last 23 starts really wow um yet you can get him at 100 to one to do that again this week yeah Uh, most recent of which was at torrey pines again you talked about a link with torrey opened up with 66 there that week Sixteenth um, that week, he was twelfth at the Sony prior to that. So his general form's been good. Form here's been good. Second here, Riviera in twenty twelve. Fourth again in twenty fifteen. I think it was. Open with sixty six last year. He was third after the first day here last year. There's lots pointing me in the direction of a strong first round performance from Keegan Bradley. While you're mentioning first round leader, it's something we don't tend to talk about. First round leaders um, win bets around here. So, you know, this, this could be overall winner or, the, or they were in a tie for the lead or whatever. Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson and JB Holmes have all uh, finished first round leader twice. And then Finau, Hahn, Kuchar, Rose, Cantlay, Aaron Badley, Martin Laird and Nick Watney. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's some very familiar names in there. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot of them logically make sense with the way this, the course sets up. But some players habitually do perform well in the first round with the pressure off. Um, you know, for whatever reason, they go out and they're, they're ready to perform on a Thursday. And then when push comes to shove on a Sunday, that's when they start uh, hemorrhaging shots. But mm. um, yeah, he's he falls into that category for me, Keegan Bradley. And to, to take, uh, take a three-figure price on him, um, I'll take that. I'll quite happily take that and, and see how he fares on Thursday. Wonderful. I haven't really got a price that's deep that I've actually looked at. No, I mean, I've, I've, there's a couple that might it? interest me. I know it's Carlos Ortiz plays well around here. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's a few that have shown some form or kind of um, fit into your criteria that you talked about. Particularly talking about that uh, proximity from rough um, stats. Uh, Ryan Moore plays well generally around here. Yeah. He's, he's decent in that. I don't think he's quite long enough to win this golf tournament. No. But I think in terms of, um, particularly in terms of, terms of DraftKings, I think he could be a good play. Yeah. Um, he's played I, nicely at the Wells uh, more, isn't he? Yeah. yeah he's yeah. 90 to 1 to back each way. I do see him as a DraftKings player, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Alex Noren's another one who I think there's little bits percolating with him. Again, he's yeah. another one who can, and if you're looking for someone with uh, formal classical golf courses, you know, he's got his, um, his Wentworth win over on the European Tour as well to, to draw back on as well. So, um, again, on Ben Poe Greens back in the day. So, there's correlation there to, to consider. Um, and again, he might be a good one from a DraftKings perspective. I suspect he'll be relatively low owned um, being, a, being a European and probably falling out of a lot of the stat models over in the States as well. So um, one to consider, I think. But Call is another one that will catch my, call, call my eye from a uh, uh, from a DraftKings perspective yeah. as well. So some, some big old um, GPPs to play this week on DraftKings. So I'm going to be uh, gonna be putting a few teams together, I think. The so, other one that caught my eye at a big price who could really slap punters um, in the face would be Patrick Rogers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Slap me in the face because I backed him last week. He clearly read all the tips last week. <laughs> <laughs> and did what Patrick Rogers does, and it would be so Patrick Rogers for him to actually get right up in the mix at two hundred to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a, again, I think Rogers, um, he could be a DK play. You mm. could have a sprinkle of Patrick Rogers in your teams. Yeah, could do. You think about it, long, great Poana putter. You know, he's got the California history from Stanford. He fits. Mm. Yeah, yeah, everyone was on him last week. Everyone in DK, everyone betting, and uh, he did what he was always going to do: miss the cut yeah. <laughs> and come That's... back and bite you on the backside. No, it happens, you know that it happens, doesn't it? Yeah, all the More time. Often than I care to mention. I did have a very close look at Patrick Rogers. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but Corley. Yeah, that's another one that caught my eye as well. He's playing some decent stuff. Yep. Yeah, lots of options. I think this week. Okay, I think that's us, mate. Yeah, well done. Well done for uh, soldiering through, Steve. Yeah, I got through. I'm going to I'm gonna get the podcast out there and get back under my duvet, I think. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I know that doesn't sound great to our listeners. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this week. I really am. Mm, yeah, should be it good. should be a corker. And then, of course, like you said, you've got the WGC next week in Mexico. We've got some great... You really are now on the road to Augusta, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all starting to warm up nicely, isn't it? We're almost a uh, week after next would be Honda. We're in the Florida swing and that's when it really is on the horizon. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you very much, Paul, for your time this morning. It's been much appreciated. Yeah, I hope, best of luck I hope your stuff. bets go well in your DK. Just, do you want to give a quick shout out to the DK? We've got some leagues out, haven't we? 
Yeah, we have. Yeah, actually, they, they, they were extremely popular last night. So there's, uh, there's a few spots left in our $3 um, contest. There's also a second $10 contest that I've set up this morning because our first one filled up overnight. Um, which is uh, which is a first. It's um, obviously very very popular. So, if you fancy playing any of the um, three dollar or ten dollar contests, pop along to my Twitter where there's a tweet with links through to that for this week. Um, and once you've joined the league, you'll get an invite to play each and every week after that. So you can follow Paul at Golf Betting. Let's get him up to ten thousand followers. You can follow me at Bamford Golf. Okay. Fantastic. Thanks for your time, Paul. And thanks to your for your time, listeners. We, we, we will see you again next week. Goodbye.